your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Tuesday. One of those Tuesdays that feels like a Monday, I guess. We're already back to Monday. The next Monday. Feels like it should be later in the week. Also feels like this week is dragging on and it's only Tuesday. I don't know how to describe it. It's a, kind of a kind of a crazy news day. Governor Evers is limiting indoor gatherings at 25% as the virus spreads on. Lacrosse County suffered its sixth and seventh deaths from COVID-19 the past day. And on top of that, there's been, since Friday, there's been nine hospitalizations, at least nine. This is always a stat that is a little goofy because the COVID-19 Cooley collaborative website doesn't give you new hospitalizations. So a lot of the other health departments do like a 80 hospitalizations total. And then underneath that, it'd be like a plus seven, which would mean seven more went to the hospital in the last day. Uh, Lacrosse doesn't do that. I don't know if that's because it's too difficult or I don't know. I don't know why they do don't do that. But as of today, 97, you'll see the little stats on there. If you go to Cooley COVID-19 Collaborative's website, 97 have ever been hospitalized. That number was 88 last week. And deaths was five last week and now it's seven. And that's all that we know. What else do we know? Lacrosse County Health Director General Balski has COVID-19. They posted that on the website. They don't post deaths, but they'll post uh, when the health director gets. I appreciate that, at least that news, but they won't post uh, another death. I don't, and, and I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Governor, Governor Evers ordered today restricting indoor gatherings to 25% as the state has another 2020 cases so we're we're at this point where under 2000 is good news and uh over 2000 is like eh, it's pretty normal but the hospitalizations today in in lacrosse or not in lacrosse in the state 108 that's the second most ever 109 was the most ever a couple days ago so if you're not worried about cases, you could be worried about hospitalizations because it's at 108 and and maybe nine in the past couple of days here in Lacrosse, at least four in the last four, yeah, at least four in the last 24 hours, along with two deaths. So um, yeah, we gotta figure it out. But coming up on the show here to talk about where we're at and and what these orders are gonna do. Locally, uh, Scott Neumeister is going to join me. Scott is the owner of Nui's Vogue Bar and Grill on the north side, on George Street. Make pretty good capping and cokes in there. <laughs> if you wink at the bartender and be like, hey, yeah, I don't need so much coke. <laughs> um, so he's going to join me here in a couple of minutes. Uh, just talk about where, where they've been, where they're at, and what he thinks of this uh, new situation. Uh, Eric from Sparta is calling in. Eric, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yes, I, there's a lot of deaths going on today. But one more you may not know about it was on the news. A musician 
listeners in the area might know, Eddie Van Halen died today at 65. Yeah. Pass that on. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Eric. Yeah, I think he died of cancer. If I saw a headline hunted that, I saw he died of cancer today. That's unfortunate. Um, I should play Eddie Van Halen songs today, right? I can't name any off the top of my head, but I definitely listened to Eddie Van Halen when I was growing up. Um, jump, is that an Eddie Van Halen? Jump, jump, go ahead and jump. I don't remember if that's a that's an Eddie Van Halen song. Um, I do want to talk uh, a little bit about campaigns too as well, which I believe we could do after we talk to Scott here in a, in a little bit. Um, the idea that, uh, you know, we talked to the mayor yesterday and kind of went, we rehashed the whole last week Thursday thing where the mayor was on CNN talking about the spread of the virus and how we, maybe we shouldn't have large gatherings in, in town right now. And then the whole ordeal with Colgan Air canceling the mega rally because of a potential breach of contract with the city and, and the idea that it can't have political rallies at, at Colgan Air, which makes everyone go, mm, <laughs> right? And uh, we asked the mayor if he's going to run for re-election because in my, in, in my head, and this is the way, and I put it online, and I'm not reading comments, so whatever. If you people are on Facebook comments, go ahead. But uh, in my head, the, the lacrosse mayor last week, before before Trump got COVID-19, because once you get COVID-19, unless you're Donald Trump, you probably don't want to talk bleep about somebody getting the virus, right? Like, even if you don't, if you do or don't like lacrosse county health director, General Balski, you don't want to talk crap about her right now. She just get contracted COVID-19. Only Donald Trump does that, right? Like, only he talks crap about somebody when they're at their lowest point. So so the idea that the mayor would have did this would have been really bad optics. But he did kick Trump out of his town last week, Thursday, before we knew that Trump had, even though Trump did have the virus at that point, he kicked him out of town. Kind of, right? Like the, the whole contract lease thing with Colgan Air, whatever. I mean, the, the mayor made that happen somehow, right? That would be a great time to announce I'm running for mayor, right? <laughs> hey, by the way. I just kicked Donald Trump out of town who a lot of people just don't like. So I'm running for mayor. I'm going to be on the ballot in April running for my third term. <laughs> it couldn't feel more powerful. I think maybe the, the only time maybe the, the mayor has, has felt where, where a lot of people have agreed with him and, and felt pretty powerful was vetoing the lacrosse center expansion into Riverside Park, right? Nobody here disagreed with that except maybe some lacrosse center people that didn't care about Riverside Park and me, I guess, because nobody uses that part of Riverside Park anyway. But when the mayor did that, everyone's like, yeah, who, why, why would we want a big stupid building going into our park? We need to, we need to lay on that grass out there. Uh, I think me and Mitch were uh, big proponents of having the lacrosse center expand into Riverside Park and having the ceiling. So the, the first floor, it would have been, it would have been overhead because obviously flooding, but, uh, cementing all that below and then having basically an indoor basketball court underneath there. That was our idea. You'd have to have it pretty high though. Cause you know, we're shooting like Dirk Nowitzki three pointers. Anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to take a break here. We're going to talk about this stuff with the campaign and, and some people owe the city some money uh, from 2016, from 2017 and from uh, labor day, a little campaign visit by a certain vice president. That uh, owes the city some money, so we'll get we'll get into that in a little bit. But Scott Newmeister is going to come on from from uh, Newey's Vogue in just a minute. Here's Brad coming up with the news right here on Wisdom. 
All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. Right now, though, I've got Scott Newmeister on the phone with me. He's the owner of Nui's Vogue Bar and Grill on George Street. It's on the north side of Lacrosse. Scott, I, I will say, I, pretty good captain and coax in there when I've been in there. <laughs> well, thank you. We appreciate that. Um, and then you have like a goofy burger that that's got like hash browns in it. I've had that a couple of times too, right? That's do you still have that's that the flash burger? Yep, <laughs> we definitely have the flash burger. <laughs> the flash burger. Um, and yeah, and and I think uh, after volleyball, some nights we go and get wings, and there's just more wings than anyone can handle. So I've <laughs> I've been in there quite a few times, but uh, obviously I want to talk about the governor's orders today, and I'll just break it down a little bit, even though Brad just did it on the news. Um, it's, it's from Andrea Palm, the health secretary. So it's not really the governor's orders. It's the health secretary or health service secretary order. Uh, limits public indoor gatherings to 25% of the room or building capacity. Otherwise, indoor spaces without a capacity limit would be limited to 10. Um, it doesn't apply to colleges, schools, churches, polling locations, political rallies, or outdoor venues. And the limits take effect Friday and run through November 6th. And violators could be face a forfeiture of up to $500. Do you know what that means, Scott? A forfeiture? Is that just a fine or is there a different way? Is that something a little bit no, different? I, I believe it's just a fine. I, I believe that's what they mean by it, but I'm not positive. Okay, they wouldn't come in there and take like $500 worth of taps or anything like that? A for, you'll have to forfeit. <laughs> Most of us won't make that much money at 25%, so it won't matter. Yeah, and so um, how how have things been going? What, what, first of all, what do you think of, of this, this new order, 25% capacity? Is this going to affect you at all at this point? Well, it absolutely will affect us. It will affect every business owner, especially by a restaurant in the area and the state. Um, but I'm not surprised. i I actually seen it coming. I, I worried about it. We're all frightened. But uh, it didn't surprise me, but it definitely will affect us. And no doubt shut down some doors. Now, I, I, I don't know how often or not, I don't know what your capacity is, but how often do you end up over at this point, you know, with the pandemic going, especially now as the, the cases and, and hospitalizations and deaths kind of spike in the, across the state. Lacrosse seems to be doing a little bit better, but man, we've had, we had two deaths the past day and we've had uh, nine hospitalizations in the, since Friday. So it's kind of catching up to us, but um, how, how how often have you guys had to worry about, you know, maybe there's too many people in here? Uh, very few. I mean, obviously, people are still careful going into any establishment like ours and many others. Um, you know, business has already declined about 40 to 50 percent, um, you know, but we're we're trying to hang on. We're fortunate that we do a lot of delivery with our food and stuff that helps us. But for many people, you know, 25 uh, percent. It, they just won't even be able to keep their doors open. It, at a certain point, it doesn't pay to, to you know hire everybody to to pay the wages and the electricity and everything if you're if you're not making enough money. So there's going to have to be some decisions made. Yeah, at this point, you're just keeping your cooks going, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and you're still trying to to, to follow the guidelines. I, I, we've been very stringent on trying to keep the the guidelines going and use doing the right thing. And we just need everybody else to do the same. I think, I think ultimately it hurt us all by some not doing that, to be honest with you. Yeah. in the in the long run here, I think if we would have, you know, if we could have just did this for two weeks across the country, maybe we would have been in a much better situation. You see some countries are getting hit hard with giant populations like India 
in other countries like Canada, you know, I haven't looked lately, but you know, they were at like a thousand, fifteen hundred cases a day across the country. You know, population's a little bit different, but the, Wisconsin itself is over two thousand cases on average the past week. Yes, we've been hit hard, and the Midwest has been hit hard, and hopefully we can get past this. But I, I will say that hopefully they're looking at some sort of help then for these businesses that is definitely going to affect. And, and like I said, I'm worried about many of my uh, fellow business owners being able to survive this. That's my only concern. We're, spot, we're speaking with Scott Neumeister. He's the owner of Newey's Vogue Bar and Grill on George Street. It's on the north side. Um, Scott, what, have you had to, have you had to, you know, I, I don't know if you call it lay it off or let people go just because you, you don't have, you're not getting enough business to even keep that many people working. Yeah, we have. I mean, obviously COVID did affect us. So we, we slowed down hours. We lost some people due to COVID. Um, just didn't bring them back. You know, we, we reduced hours. We've done everything we can to, to remain afloat. You know, we're a business, so we have to remain profitable in order to, to keep the people we do have working continue to work, and we will continue to do so. We just have to do what we got to do to to survive this. And on the flip side, when it comes to your business yourself, and I don't want to speak selfishly here, but we want to keep these businesses afloat. Um, what kind of stuff have you have have you gotten help from the city, from the county, from the state, or from the federal government just to kind of kind of help balance the balance the books essentially? We have. I mean, we've been fortunate. You know, the, the first go-around, I, I think, the, honestly, the country did a good job trying to help small businesses as much as they could. You know, we were given grants. We were given um, small business loans if you chose to take it. The city was wonderful trying to help out as much as they could, too. But, you know, there's only so much in that pie, too. So, um, you know, the more we continue to go down this road, it's it's going to be more difficult than everyone. And now I know the stimulus package is apparently dead. So I don't know where that what that leaves for us small businesses in the future here either. But something definitely has to be done and done soon. Yeah, the news today is President Donald Trump today called an abrupt end to negotiations with Democrats over additional relief until after the election. So um, I guess there's no, you know, that would be a great way for, for everybody to, to look good is if you gave a bunch of people checks right before the election. I don't know why they're not doing that. Well, yeah, I, I don't work in that uh, field, but I, I can't say I don't agree. Okay, so as customers who eat and drink, uh, what's the best way to help out a, a place like Nui's Vogue Bar and Grill on the north side? Like, what, what is the best thing we can order to really help you guys out? <laughs> well, obviously, you know, if if you're worried about COVID, which many people are, and rightfully so, we offer delivery. We offer it to many delivery companies. We have pickup. We will walk out to the car and, and hand it to you if you do. I mean, you can have somebody pick it up. We will do whatever we can on our end to make it as easy on our customers as possible. And please don't give up on us, just like any other customer. You know, we need you now more than ever, and we have for some time, obviously. And I hope that continues because, you know, our employees, our, our futures depend on our customers. And hopefully that will continue to, to move forward and they continue to patronize us. Now, Scott, just kind of a weird question, but is there ever a night where you've done more business because a lot more people are, you know, kind of realize these businesses are hurting? Hey, oh, my God, we have like 50 takeout orders that we got to cook. And we're actually doing more business now than we had, you know, if we were open under normal conditions. Absolutely. When COVID first hit and, and every, everybody was really trying to help the small businesses, and they still are, don't get me wrong, but 
we had nights honestly where we couldn't keep up. We we had hour hour or two waits for our fish on Friday nights. We had we just to keep up demand was insane and it was a wonderful problem to have. And we sold a lot of gift certificates. A lot of customers have come in just to buy gift certificates to help us to use later on, which is obviously a big help as well. And that's and that's probably slowed down a little bit. I think everyone's starting to uh, start starting to hurt a little bit as this thing keeps going and growing. Um, and yep, that's probably no died doubt. down since. Um, okay, yep, and no then doubt. you know if we want to help you out specifically, what things on the menu should we be getting? That flash burger sounds good, but maybe there's uh, there's better things to get takeout for takeout. Well, flash burgers do travel well, so that is another good one. Um, our wings are our colossal wings are obviously delicious. The Scotch Tots are very popular, and those travel well. You know, I, I could sit and name our pizzas are fantastic. <laughs> our wraps are wonderful. Can, so, Scott, any, can, any you pick, you pick, we'll get it to you. Scott, can people get roadies? <laughs> can they get drinks? Or is that, I, can, I remember hearing that there, there was going to be the ability to get drinks to go, but the idea of taking uh, car, drinks in cars isn't legal, so I don't know if they changed the rules. Yeah, there, there, there was a way around it just to sell uh, single ones. We never did that, though. No, um, I'm, I'm assuming some people will be creative again and do what they got to do. But you, you will probably will not be getting that at the Vogue. I'm sorry. All right, Scott Newmeister, owner of Newey's Vogue Bar and Grill on the North Side on George Street. Thanks a lot for joining me, man. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. All right, all right. We're going to take another quick break. Scott's comment. And the news coming up, and then we're going to talk about this uh, this idea of uh, campaigns not paying the city, not paying the city police their their dues. And uh, I'll get to your text too. I see a couple of people texted in. Uh, we'll be back after this. I'm with them. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line. Get out of here, Pearl Jam. I feel like I played Pearl Jam earlier, but whatever. <laughs> um. Again, thanks for thanks for having thanks to Scott Newmeister for joining me. Talking a little bit about the governor's orders today, limiting bars and other places. I always just say bars, but public indoor gatherings to twenty five percent. So right away, what uh, what's Walmart's capacity, right? And then only will we be waiting in line to get into Menards or Walmart? Because they're over twenty five percent. Might it might happen? You might. I don't know. They're going to have to have. It's another situation where. Uh, you know, some of those stores will have to have a little clicker and, and, and you, you see those people outside those stores now, but um, uh, you just have to count. We have to always be counting how many people are coming and going. It seems really annoying, but also uh, more cases, more, the second most hospitalizations today, 18 new deaths, uh, double digit deaths in Wisconsin, especially when we're nearing the 20s is, is pretty high and uh, another 2020 cases. So. Um, all right, so a couple of months ago, this is eh, maybe a year ago, I the the Lacrosse Police Department posted a little update on uh, how they're going to build campaigns, and things have changed. But I'll just read what the the post was back from November of 2019. And they said, uh, just essentially with these campaigns, these visits come with a significant stress on city resources and staffing. So, you know, like Mike Pence coming a couple months ago, Donald Trump, uh, even even Paul Ryan's bus tour. I don't even recall what that was. What was Paul Ryan running for? I don't remember. Just just for something in Wisconsin. 
Uh, honestly, I don't remember. So traditionally, the police department would invoice these campaigns for only overtime staffing associated with the visit after it was completed. Some of these invoices get paid while others receive no reimbursement. A review of 2016 presidential campaign revealed that the La Crosse police have three unpaid invoices totaling $10,000. That was back in November of 2019. So I, I talked to uh, Melby with uh, the police department. I'm trying to think if he's uh, Captain Melby. I was filibustering there. Captain Melby with the, the police department, Jason, and um, just where we're at with that stuff. So uh, they're, they're changing their policy a little bit in that they're they're not going to do that. But we just we had a little conversation here, and I just want to play. It's it's two minutes long. It's kind of interesting, and it has to do with the the Trump campaign coming last Thursday. And get it canceled, but the whole idea behind that and and uh, just, just what transpired there and what the police are going to do. So here's that interview. Just two minutes of it. Okay, so obviously we know the the rally was canceled, but heading into the thing on Saturday, you know, a couple of months ago, I don't even know if it was months ago. It doesn't seem, everything seems like years ago now, but you guys have put out a release that the that, that uh, campaigns had to pay 50% up front, right? Is that is that right? Sure. Uh, back at the uh, end of last year, we had put out information that we we're going to reach out to both political parties and indicate that we were going to try to invoice for 50% of the estimated cost of a political campaign visit. Um, the thing that we found, unfortunately, is in real life, this doesn't quite work out the way we thought. Um, these campaign visits are usually done with uh, about a week or even less lead time. And by the time we determine where they're going to be having their campaign visit, um, how much staff we're going to need, the, the true security needs, it's usually only a day beforehand before we really have a finalized operations plan. And being able to invoice prior to them coming just doesn't occur. So uh, what we ended up doing is uh, we've went back to our post-campaign um, visit invoicing um, versus trying to figure out costs on the front end and then ending up trying to invoice beforehand because it just is not practical. So you're telling me you wouldn't have maybe Kudron, or maybe you would get to do this. You walk up the steps to Air Force One, shake the president's hand, but in his hand is a check for for ten thousand dollars. It wouldn't work like that. No, the uh, the uh, pre billing um, proved to be significantly more difficult than we thought. You know, the other interesting thing with campaign visits are we've had some scheduled even prior to this one that cancel on short notice as well all right so that's just a little snippet of of talking to melby last week uh, uh, about paying for campaigns um and they're still waiting they're still waiting for some of this money december 31st 2016 speaker paul ryan's bus tour 225 dollars come on paul 225 bucks i mean that's like you know pennies to 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 lacrosse citizens but also uh dated september 28th 2017 to the donald trump for president campaign for a rally by Vice President Mike Pence, $3,595.25. Still waiting for that bill from September 28th, 2017. Still waiting. I mean, they could have asked him for it uh, on Labor Day, right, from Pence's campaign. Hey, Pence, uh, while you're here, you still owe us $3,500 from uh, two, three years ago. September 16th, 2016, $6,308.93. From the Donald Trump 
for president campaign for his August 15th and 16th. 2016 campaign visit. Still waiting for that bill to be paid. Uh, maybe could have got that last Thursday, too, if he would have came to town. $6,300. Uh, Mike Pence was here, of course, at Labor Day. He was at uh, Dairyland Power holding a campaign rally there. Uh, please invoice that campaign for $5,574. I believe they're still waiting for that bill as well. So Mike Pence's campaign, Mike Pence, essentially, from his visits, uh, about $9,000 owed to the city. For staffing police and whatnot, everything that surrounds that. Donald Trump, $6,300. Paul Ryan, 225 I love that Paul Ryan's in there. Hillary Clinton's not in there. So if you, anyone's asking, well, what about Hillary? Where's her bill? It's not. They, they don't have a bill from Hillary Clinton. Maybe because she didn't campaign here after she won the nomination. You could always point and laugh to that. But she was here, so it's not like uh, police didn't have to you know, do do some extra duties for that. Uh, Bob's calling in. Bob, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, I just caught the last part of you talking to that business owner. Um, one of the reasons that Trump uh, is calling off the talks is because um, is because um, this is the truth. Is because uh, before uh, the Democrats, closely the Democrats, will agree to uh, the stimulus checks for business owners in the United States. Um, that Trump has to agree to um, giving illegal immigrants, people here illegally, that same amount of money. Um, I know they're here for a better, better life, but I mean, I mean that just shows where the, you know the Democrats are uh, showing more. I don't know. They, it's just like the I can't explain it. It's just like there's no reason for that. They came here illegally. They're illegal immigrants, and the people of our country. Our citizens aren't going to get the stimulus check that, that they deserve just because Pelosi thinks that the legal immigrants, immigrants should get the same amount of money. Um, I don't think that it's, it's totally not right, but I just thought I'd bring that up. Maybe the business owners hearing that. Um, they're putting the illegal immigrants in our country before the citizens of our country. So so anyway, thanks a lot, Rick. Bye. All right. Thanks for the call, Bob. Um, undocumented immigrants... Don't collect Social Security, but they do pay into our taxes, and then in the long run, they don't they don't actually get anything out of it. Um, so, I mean, maybe some of them that work for cash probably obviously don't pay into into the tax. I'm trying to find what that that there's a little they get some kind of it's a some kind of a itin that's what they do itin they pay into taxes through that. So instead of paying into Taxes like we do, where we collect Social Security in the long run. Uh, undocumented immigrants pay, pay an, into the ITIN, which is, I, I could look it up. But now I'm opening PDFs on my computer. Oh, God, it's got to load. Uh, while I'm doing that, uh, we can go back to the phones. Um, number three, you're on the air. Go ahead. My God, you're shooting her from the hip tonight. Well, I brought Scott on. so. Well, yeah, but I mean, otherwise, you're doing real good. Okay, thank you. You get this show up to two hours, and you'll uh, be a landmark. It'll then, then it'll then it'll be a disaster. No. <laughs> anyway, I'll bet you there's bills from different uh, people that owe the city of Lacrosse from these things twenty years ago. We don't know about. They just swept it underneath the garbage can. Well, we've yeah. I mean, we've got four, when do we when do we just not pay attention to Paul Ryan's two hundred twenty five dollar bill from two thousand sixteen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, like Paul Ryan what doesn't have two hundred. Do 200- 
about a customer, you put them on COD, cash on delivery. It's cash right up front. Yeah, and, at, and that's the thing. and that was the here's policy the they they were going to do. But the the idea that they we we announce these campaigns uh, about five days before they're they're going to happen, and then um, it's really hard to uh, to figure out all the logistics, I think, and then be able to bill them before they get here. Well, you just bill it high enough so you come out. You don't want to lose your shorts. Right. Anyway, here's another thing. I wonder how the city of Lacrosse is doing on on their parking ticket fines. I never hear anything more about that. How many dollars are sitting in that fund that hasn't been paid? Oh, the fines. Yeah, we could we could uh, we could figure that I out. I've been there for a while. You and I were, and Mitch were talking about that all the time. It was a lot of money. And another thing, we didn't have it this year, but Oktoberfest. That was a big money thing for the police department. A lot of money went to the to the police department for Oktoberfest protection. Yeah, and that was another thing. I talked a little bit uh, with Melby about the idea that the police, I think they're contracted to to get an extra stipend because they're anticipating overtime from working Oktoberfest, which didn't happen to its full capacity. I think they had extra officers out there, but obviously they didn't need as many as if we had, you know, 20,000 people in the streets that night. Right. You know, um, about Oktoberfest, I told you, there wasn't a comp that liked Oktoberfest. But the wives of the cops loved it because that was your Christmas money. Yeah, I suppose. Hey. Well, so keep keep shooting her from the hip. You'll be all right, Rick. All right. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, the the wives. <laughs> that's kind of. I was thinking like uh, if the the police have to go work Oktoberfest, the the wives would like it because the police are out of the house, uh, having to work, kind of like deer hunting, right? The, the 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 boys like to go deer hunting, so to speak, and. The wives like to have the house to themselves. That's always kind of the joke. We can't do that anymore, though, uh, because women hunt. It's maybe some women go hunting, and then the men stay home. That's where we're at, so we get yelled at for having such a comment. Uh, Eric from Sparta's calling back. Eric, you're on again. Go ahead. Yes, I remember uh, Hillary Clinton was in lacrosse. He's a brewery down there. Yep. I had a slob with a beer down or something, but... Uh... Why do you why do you say slobber a beer down? She couldn't pour a beer. We knew that, but I don't I don't she know about slobbering a beer. And she was drinking the beer with the people down there. And if you were saying there was no security detail on there, are you kidding me? I didn't. How much that I didn't, cost her? Do you, know, do you know how much that cost her when she was there? She paid, not. but she got a liberal just like you. She paid that bill. That bill isn't on there. They didn't. They didn't bill that. You know, can you give me a proof of that? You have proof of that. Yeah, I asked Melby. <laughs> I gave him. I gave him the numbers. They didn't. They didn't say Hillary Clinton's campaign is overdue, Bill. They said all the numbers that I gave you. I just. I already said the numbers, Eric. He, but, did he tell you statistically that Hillary Clinton's campaign paid that bill? <laughs> Why are you so worried about it? Because because the because Democrats. You're making, you're making all kinds of uh, claims against uh, uh, Pence and everybody else. Why aren't you? Why did you violate that by finding out what's going I on? I just here did. Don't Hillary Clinton's Clinton. bill was paid. Hillary Clinton paid her bill. Oh my gosh, she wasn't here after she got the Democratic nomination either. Which you want to rip on her for that? Feel free. But she was beforehand, and her there there is no bill from Hillary Clinton on from the police. It's just Paul Ryan, Vice President Mike Pence, or Vice President, you know, running for Vice President and uh, Donald Trump. So those are the those are the bills. Two hundred twenty five for Paul Ryan. I have no idea what that's for. What was Paul Ryan doing here? Someone could tell me. I'm sure somebody knows. I just I wasn't paying attention to Paul Ryan, uh, except for the fact that Paul Ryan said at one point we were going to have uh, do our taxes on a note 
note card and it would be two-sided and we'd have our taxes done and we could just turn in this uh, postcard. And we're, we're waiting on that, Kent. We're still waiting on that. Go ahead. You're on the air, Kent. <laughs> hey, Rick. How you doing tonight, bud? I'm good. Governor Evers, what, what, what's with this 25% uh, eating in restaurants and bars? You know, it, it's it's a mandate. It's not a law. The only reason he can't pass the law is because he'd have to pass it through the state Senate. And they're not going to vote on that. You know, let people go out and decide for themselves. No, nope. this whole 200,000 people dying in the United States of COVID, they said it's about 9,700, not 200,000. Who's they? They're saying people died, uh, uh, professionals, doctors, epidemiologists, or whatever they are. But they're saying that they're putting people down for COVID that died of cancer, died in a car accident, died of this and that. Okay, well, that's, and this Governor that's, Evers, that's well, not Governor true. Governor Evers comes up and he's like, oh, it's it's mandated. You need to wear a mask in quick trip. You need to can't go to the bar. You can't go out to eat. So you it's don't a mandate. It's so you don't want a law, Rick. So Kent, you don't want to wear a mask when you go to these places. Well, I do when I go on quick trip, when I go to Walgreens. But if I go out to eat, I'm not going to wear a mask. I mean, the Vogue bar—they're not letting 300 people come in there. I live on the north side. Yeah, I but, know the bar. But there's rules. They do have a good cabin and coke, by the way, with there's, excerpt cabin. There are Let's there are coke. there are rules to that. I mean, you you wear a mask when you go in there, and once you sit down, you take your mask off, and the tables are spread out. Uh, Scott told me that off the air. You know, I didn't ask him about it because we all know the stools and tables right. are spread out. So. Um, but yeah, like there's there's rules to the mask mandate. It's not like you have to wear a mask while you're eating or drinking. So I don't know what you're talking about there. Well, exactly. But like I'm saying, even at the Vogue bar, they got the bar, and every three, four bar stools, there's two people sitting here, four bar stools. Right. You know, they, they space themselves. Right. But the, yeah, and this guy's gonna he's gonna mandate that. Oh no, you can't. You can only have 25 percent of your people in there. That, that's full crap. <laughs> Kent, I, I, thanks for the call. I don't think <laughs> Kent might not be experiencing uh, what a lot of workers are experiencing across the the state or the country, or however you want to do it. The idea that these people are are deniers of 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 the fact that this thing spreads or even exists, and they don't want to wear masks. And uh, when you when you're a jackass like that, and you go into these stores or gas stations, and you don't want to wear a mask, the the virus is asymptomatic. Those people are in there. They're working. You know, like how much money is a is a retail worker worker making right now, or a or a bartender, especially like think about a bartender, or a waitress, or a cook right now. Uh, how much money are they making, and how how badly are those bars hurting? And then you decide you're going to go in there and not wear a mask, and you have asymptomatic COVID, and then you pass it on to this bartender, or this retail worker, even if it's especially if it's a smaller store, uh, then the, their workers get COVID. And then the whole store has COVID. And then the store has to close. And this is the, the domino effect we're at. And uh, nobody seems to understand that. There are some jackasses out there that aren't wearing masks that, that think they, they just don't care about the people that are, that are out there, uh, you know, working and, and, try, and trying to make ends meet. Uh, one more call here. Carl, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I was wondering... Uh... If Black Lives Matters and Antifa are paying their bills for burning the buildings and and uh, the mayor's wife for closing the highway for five days, okay, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't. I, that's not an official campaign rally situation. That, but uh, you can you can email the mayor and ask her if uh, if if his wife has paid the bills for closing the highway for five days. That sounds a little bit 
like fake news to me. Uh, caller, who's this? Yeah, Jake. Jake, hey, you're on the air. If you want to turn your radio down. Okay, never mind. All right, I'm going to go to break. I'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Just a couple minutes left here. Uh, Jake is back. All right, Jake, go ahead now. Now you're on. Jake. Hey, Rick. Um, yeah, just, I mean, getting back to your bartender comment, I mean, we walk in with our mask. We go to the bar. We go to our table to order food. We take them off. Yep. So, I mean, it's 15 seconds, 30 seconds. That's really, and that's, we're putting them at risk for that. Well, the idea, I think, uh, I think the idea of having people in restaurants and bars at this point is putting everyone at risk because you're, you are taking the mask off and you're definitely staying in there. I'm guessing you're staying in there for more than 15 minutes, which is kind of where we're at with this thing. So, um, when you're, especially if you're sitting at the bar, you know, people aren't that far away from you. If it's a small bar, um, yep. you know, well, you're, Governor, e- Governor Evers approved it. So. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm saying uh, we, we probably need to go further. We probably just need to shut it down and, and figure it out as we have more cases, <laughs> more cases than ever, uh, almost as many hospitalizations as we have ever had and um, near 18 deaths. So, yeah, I, I, I don't go into restaurants and bars <laughs> at this point because nobody's wearing a mask. Like, they're all sitting in there, and if it's a smaller restaurant or bar, if you want to get food – then, you know, do what Scott did. Scott says they've, they've got delivery and they've got, you know, they'll run it out to your car. I mean, all that stuff is, is great. If we could all just do that for the time being um, and get the cases under 2,000 a day, which is ridiculous. Um, Dan called me a little while before the show and just wondered with the, the governor's orders and and kind of we, we were talking last week about um, holding a political rally at Copeland Park. Copeland Park had asked to hold the Trump campaign rally, and uh, the mayor said that they would need a special permit to do that. And then Bill Fian, the Republican Party chair of the county of Lacrosse County, you know, he called in and said the Trump campaign had reached out to five other entities in the county to have the campaign rally there at a. And I don't know if they were all private businesses, but one of those places was the Speedway, Lacrosse Speedway, and they had declined for whatever reason. So the Speedway said, no, we don't want to do it. And the, the four other places, I don't know if they were businesses or, or, you know, places like that, public spaces like that, but they all said no to having the Trump campaign come there when uh, lacrosse County is, you know, at a pretty severe time in, in having cases, active cases, hospitalizations is moving up. Obviously we've had, and we've had two deaths in the past 24 hours and, um, what is it? I think like five deaths in the past 12 days, something like that. Um, but, but Dan had asked, you know, well, what are we doing? Stuff like that. We, we're having races. So why, why wouldn't we have campaign rallies? Well, the campaign said we don't want to have the rally. So that's where we're at with that. The, the, the speedway said we don't want to have the rally, not the campaign. And, uh, I did say the, what the, the speedway is having a big race for the weekend. Their Oktoberfest races, begin tomorrow um but that's an outdoor venue so that doesn't that's not covered by the governor's orders uh all right that's all the time i've got we'll do it all again tomorrow maybe preview the vice presidential debate a little bit 
Thanks, guys, for listening.